Hi everyone, we're back at you again with another bit of the bonus content. Bonus content. With story cubes, today's story combo is me, Sammy, and Scarlet. Hello. And we are just gonna put together the best stories for you. It's gonna be so good. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna knock this out of the park. We're gonna change QD law in ways that it was never meant to be twisted. <laughs> and uh, do you think defiled is a fair word? I I I that's where my mind immediately went. Mm, so. Yeah yeah okay. So um, I should explain what we're gonna do. We're gonna use if you haven't listened to any of the others, we're going to use Rory's story cubes, um, which are six sided implements with images on each side to help inspire the creativity of the human mind. We'll roll these dice and then use the prompts that come up uh, to weave QD-themed tales of mischief and mayhem and more. Dun dun dun! <laughs> um, did you want me to start? Oh, why not? Cool. All right. So I've just rolled my dice and here's what I've turned up. I have a sort of a tower of a castle. I have a very detailed bug, a footprint, an open book, an arrow, and a fountain. Okay, just let me take a big sip of tea while I um, puzzle out where I even want to start with this. Okay. We start at the base of an imposing tower. That's the tower die. (gasps) And we see scuttling up to it a small insect, sort of like a, a little bug, almost like a Christmas beetle. And so it's crawling along the ground. It's sort of every so often it will sort of hop into flight and fly a few meters closer to the tower. I should take this point in time. Uh, to just mention that uh, this is the bug icon I'm now using. And it sort of gets to the outskirts of the tower and is sort of looking to go in when a huge foot lands next to the bug, nearly squishing it. That's the foot. (laughs) Um, The foot is uh, sort of plated in, in metal and the person who owns the foot they're, 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 they're dressed in, in like sort of heavy armor um, and they have arms full of, of more metal, sort of metal cylinders with, with sort of some sort of paper attached to the outside with colorful writing. And anyway, they stomp on up to the tower uh, and knock on the door. Um, it's very imposing from the perspective of a bug, but... Uh, It's almost sad in its own right. And someone with a long white beard answers the door (laughs) with hair poking up and outwards like a wizard's hat. Who are you and what are you doing in my place? (gasps) Spaghetti origins. (laughs) Spaghetti origins. Oh, well, uh, my name's uh, Boris, sir. Uh, And I am uh, a local uh, entrepreneur. Um... And I wanted to uh, show you my fine wares, uh, which are, I'm, I'm trying to work on the name. I'm thinking Spaghetti. <laughs> well, well, why would I be possibly interested in this, in this gunk? In this, these strange tins? What's inside of them? Oh, well, they're like, uh, you, you know, you know, arrows. <laughs> <laughs> they're like long slippery 
are ineffective arrows. <laughs> oh, and they've got a nice sort of tomato base, um, and they heat up well, and they're easy food, and they store for uh, 12 months. Why would I want to eat arrows? That's something people get killed by. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and he slams the door shut. Boris turns around looking very dejected as he walks away, clutching his tins. You get the sense that this might not be the first time this has happened to him in his journey. And uh, he, he, he says, Why, uh, I guess uh, the recipe book my, uh, my ma left me isn't going to help me at all. I don't know what I'm going to say to Yolinda. Was this one Yolinda? Yolinda, yeah. I think it was Yolinda. Well, I don't know what I'm going to say to Yolinda. <sighs> oh, well. Uh, that was book. And earlier we had Arrow. Uh, And he's just walking away when suddenly the bug sort of changes shape uh, and snaps up into the form of a human. Uh, The human has red hair, freckles, and um, and is wearing sort of like a cloak. And uh, the figure walks up to Boris and says, wait, you shouldn't give up on your dreams like this. Meet me at the fountain tonight and we'll see what we can do. And before Boris can ask any more questions, they turn back into a bug and scutter away. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. dun. Oh boy, I was not ready to put together a story today, but there we go. <laughs> There's part one. <laughs> I hand this mess to you. Wonderful. I love being handed messes. Okay. Um... I'm going to roll the dice, and then I'm going to pick six of the... Oh, that's an interesting... Well, isn't that an interesting selection? Um, so, I have uh, a fountain, a bee, a crescent moon, Ooh. A, a person in black and white striped clothing with a strip of cloth over their face moving quickly with a box of presumably stolen goods. <gasps> a person walking, coincidentally in the exact opposite direction that the uh, that the robber is running, just the way his <laughs> dice been arranged, and an arrow. Again. So we open, um, and Sammy, you are going to have to remind me when the, um, when the mysterious bug person said to meet them, because I've, it was like less than a minute ago and I've already forgotten. Uh, you know, at a time... <laughs> That, fair enough. Um, we open on the uh, titular fountain. Why did I say titular? That makes no sense. We open on <laughs> the fountain. Um, Maybe it's literally called the titular fountain. Titular fountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we open on the titular fountain and we see Boris waiting there. And he's sitting down in the fountain and he he gets up and he he walks around and then he sits back down and he he's looking up and he's the the sun's just starting to go down and the moon is just starting to come up it's just the very early phases of the evening that was uh that was the fountain and the moon <laughs> for people who were people for if you're keeping track at home you got get your bingo cards yeah, get your bingo cards. We've had, um, if you had a uh, fountain moon uh, on your bingo cards, then you won the sweepstake. 
And so we get we we we, we this moonlit scene now of Boris sitting waiting anxiously, and we see this uh, beetle scuttle up and scuttles up uh, onto the fountain ledge and transforms into into this human form. Uh, now sitting back, leaning on the fountain, and Boris, Boris turns, shocked by this sudden appearance, and the 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 beetle says, "No, no, no, no! Don't worry, it's all right." Now, I appreciate that you've been having something of a rough time lately. Well, with all your bread arrow rejections, I know it's really not good for your. Well, anything, frankly. But I have a plan for you, my good friend. See, the key to a good sale... Well, there's two ways to make a good sale. One, to convince the person that they need the thing that you're selling. Or, to convince the person that they've already bought the thing you're selling, and then sell them some more. So here's my plan. I'm going to help you break into that wizard's house. We're going to leave some of your product. You're going to come by in a few weeks and say... Well, you already have some. You must love it. Here, have some more. And everything will be wonderful. And Boris looks around and says, I, 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 don't, I don't really know about this. I, that's, I'm sorry, I can't do voices. You know I can't do voices. Um, <laughs> you can do voices. Now, can you do that voice? Maybe not. No. But that doesn't matter. I also failed to do it several times <laughs> just true. then. And I made the character. <laughs> um, look, I mean, we all fail at our own character voices. Um, says, well, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm, that's, well, it's not stealing, but it's sort of like, it's reverse stealing. It's like, yes, it's reverse stealing, the the other figure says. Which, if stealing is bad, then reverse stealing must be good. And Boris takes a moment to think about that. He goes, well, I suppose you're right. Hmm. Well, if you're sure, then... What what what's what, what's your plan? What are we gonna do? And I think it stands up and claps their hands together and says, "It's wonderful to have you on board." I'm going to need a couple of things now. I can get up there myself because it turns back into a beetle, turns back into a person, obviously. But I can't turn into a beetle and carry your product into the building. So what we're going to need is some way of accessing the upper floors. Now you look like a Big strong fellow, how do you feel about rope climbing? And Boris says, "Well, I, my arm is quite heavy, but I think I could probably do that." And 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 the the beetle person says, "Wonderful." So here's what we're going to do: I'm going to fire an arrow from from the from the arrow prompt from the arrow dice. I'm going to I'm going to fire an arrow up into the top levels of the tower with a rope attached to the back. Then I'll fly up as some sort of flying insect. I haven't quite decided yet. Turn back into a person. Attach the rope, you'll climb up, carrying some of the product on your back. We sneak in, we plant your product, we get out. Easy. And I think I think as this is happening, we get the, the heist movie style of that voiceover. We get the <laughs> scenes of that happening, like firing the arrow, Boris climbing up. And, and so we see these, these two people standing there, uh, standing in uh, the moonlit tower. And yeah, we see the, the person saying, ah, now... Follow me, and disappears. Turns into a very small bee. That's bee. That's the bee die. That's that's that. That's that. Also, I think we had the criminal earlier. Yeah, the the criminal's more a thematic sort of one. I think 
they sneak through the tower uh, into the into the kitchens. Boris and, and this figure start placing uh, tins of spongy bread strings in cupboards, uh, under chairs. Um, they put one in the hands of a cat. I, it's it's madness. Everything, <laughs> um, cans everywhere. And as Boris takes out the last uh, the last can, he turns and just sees the figure departing out the kitchen door. And goes, oh, wait, and then runs out and just sees this person walking, just walking casually through the through the corridors. This is this is the walking person <laughs> that I'm doing here because I couldn't think of any other way to include it. Um, and so just sees them casually walking out, opens the door and slams it shut behind them uh, very, very loudly. And I think that's all my die or my dice even. Rat roll. So our Boris is in trouble because he's still in there, right? Yes. And the figure's left. Okay. Well, I'm going to give my dice a little shooky shake, as they say. Who says that? <laughs> Me. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. In my purview, there is a clock, a crescent moon, a person parachuting, uh now I an ID card or a postcard? One or the other. I, I read it as a postcard. I'm gonna go with postcard, yep, there's a postcard. There is a fountain, and then there is a globe. Okay, here we go. This is gonna go bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never gonna get good. <laughs> um Ooh, I'm just thinking of ways this could end. Alright. The front door slams shut. And then Boris here is calling from another room. Eh, who's that? Oh, did my food wake up again? And he hears someone sort of getting out of bed and, and coming into the kitchen. Boris is sweating bullets right now. He's absolutely freaking out. And uh, he thinks, okay, I need to get out of here. And he tries the front door and it's been locked. And he can't, like, as, as it was closed, it latched and he can't work out how to open it. And he finds that weird because he's like, well, hang on. How did uh, the, uh, the bug person open it? Um, anyway, uh, so then he thinks, okay, well, I can parachute out of the tower um, using, using, like, cloths and, like, um, window hangings and stuff. I, he can make a parachute and, and jump out the window. And so he starts tearing down all the curtains in the kitchen. And as he does, uh, Sapio walks into the room. What? What are you? You're the, you're the can man. You're the tin man. <laughs> um, what are you doing in my house? Why are you ruining my curtains? Well, uh, I'm sorry. I just, uh, a bug told me to sneak in and force feed you spaghetti. Why would you do that? Why would you listen to a bug? And if you wanted me to try your tin so bad, I didn't know you were going to give them to me for free. You could have just asked, but now I'm not going to, now I don't want anything to do with it. You're the kind of person who comes into someone's house and you ruin their curtains. Oh, well. Uh, I'm terribly, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but, uh, but Spaghetti is gonna be a revolution in the- Look, you, whatever your name is, is Boris. Get out! Get, get out! Oh, okay. Can you open the front door for me? It's very easy to open! <laughs> and he goes up and does several 
intricate motions to open the front door. That didn't look easy. Get out! Uh, and Boris leaves, looking very dejected. Um, and after him, cans of spaghetti get rhythmically thrown out of the door back at him. Aww. His plan has failed. No spaghetti has yet entered the maw of Sapio. I used parachuting earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I think Boris goes to sleep that night. And when he wakes up the next day, <laughs> we're about to go into non-canon territory here, by the way. Non-canon territory. No, it's all canon. <laughs> all of it. When he wakes up the next day, uh, he hears disorder in the streets. People yapping and shouting and cajoling and uh, surprise and dismay. Um, and when he goes outside, something feels different about just, just walking feels a little different. Just the most minute sense that something is, is wrong. And as he goes out, uh, a little like person with newspapers shoves a newspaper into his hands and the front line says, shocking discovery. Earth is round. (gasps) (gasps) No. (laughs) What? That's impossible. Well, if it was round, wouldn't some of us be on the bottom and what we would fall off and whatnot? Um, and, and he reads the newspaper and it presents credible evidence that, that last night the earth was flat and this morning the earth is round. Oh no. And this is simply no good. <laughs> um... Boris is in a state of disarray and dismay, just like everyone. He he calls into the house to Yolinda and they, they pour over what this means for them. It doesn't really mean a lot, if we're being honest, but still. And, uh, you know, they, they think through the consequences and there's none. <laughs> it's really just the same for their lives, but it still feels like a big deal. Um, they cry a lot that day. Uh, and then the next morning, Boris goes out in this strange round world checks his post box and sees a postcard and the postcard says that's the postcard by the way and the postcard says meet me once more at the fountain tonight that's the fountain and it's gonna be the moon because it's tonight (gasps) just letting you know (laughs) boris goes to the fountain and there is the same figure from before in their hood the hood is drawn tighter now though and they they say I'm sorry, Boris. It's all doomed now. Well, what do you mean? Yesterday, you failed with the spaghetti. Today, the earth is round. <laughs> Tomorrow, it will all become unpinned. Well, what? How, how do you know? How do you know that's going to happen? Because I've seen it happen before, Boris. <laughs> what? No, there must be a way oh, to save us. What, what are you talking about? What, what, is, what is going on? Why are you so invested in my spaghetti? The figure looks up and the hood falls back and their face has half faded away. <gasps> Boris. Time travel, Boris. Time travel. <laughs> Congratulations, we've officially jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> what? Boris, in my timeline, you introduce Sapio to spaghetti. He doesn't like it at first, but eventually he comes around when you sneak a can into his house. Then. You two become thick as thieves, running through different ideas. Later in life, you start a collection of bugs. And, and one day, you're, you can't take care of the collection of bugs anymore, so you sell them to Sapio. Sapio does an enchantment 
and one of those bugs turns into me, and then... (laughs) Well, I'm I'm still not understanding why the world is ending. And then, (laughs) Sapio casts time magic on the bugs. He doesn't know that I'm a person now, and I get flung back in time. But my existence just ever so slightly shifts things, and you do not sell him the spaghetti. From there, the timeline unravels. Do you see, Boris? Do you see? Why? But what? (laughs) You're telling me the fate of the entire world hinges on me selling spaghetti to Sapio's cackle cast? Yes, Boris. Well, then we can't give up. I will try my darndest to go and sell Sapio my spaghetti. Please, please, you're gonna call it spaghetti later. Just, just start calling it spaghetti now, please. No! (laughs) I think uh, you will surely fail. There's no way this will succeed. But I have to try. Boris marches up to the wizard's tower, knocks furiously on the door, waking Sapio up. Sapio comes downstairs, throws the door open. What now? Mr. Sapio Cacklecast, for the fate of the world, you must eat my spaghetti. Sapio looks him dead in the eyes, considers for a long moment, and says, No! And slams the door shut. The world ends. Oh no! <laughs> the end! Oh! That does remind me of more than one thing I wrote in, like, late primary, early high school. <laughs> like, that's the level we're operating at here, is uh, primary school. Well, the like, this child obviously needs therapy. They've written stories where the world ends violently more than one, like, so many oh. times. It's not funny. That's okay. The base timeline is still survived. Yeah, this Some... is an alternate t- This is... Yeah, this... Really, this is a positive story. <laughs> About keeping the timeline simple. Yeah. This is about why we will never introduce time travel. Because <laughs> I couldn't handle it in even the most basic iteration. Well, sorry, everyone. And uh, let's move on to our next story. Yeah. So, I, I believe that tradition dictates I start now. Indeed, tradition does. So let's roll those dice and hope I don't get the same ones. Oh, no, it's okay. We've got a good... Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, so I have got a magic wand with several stars emitting from it. I have a lightning bolt. I have an old-fashioned key, an apple, uh, a a world, so a globe, and uh, which I will not do to have the world suddenly become round. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, I should also say just really quickly so I can edit this in later. Time travel was the clock. <laughs> and uh, and the final one is uh, it's it's a person sort of with an uh, there's an alarm clock in the background and a person sort of waking up uh, looking looking a bit irritated by the alarm. So I think we 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 open with the sound of an alarm clock going off. Um, uh, much deeper than you would perhaps expect a, a, a dolorous. A clanging of bells. This this alarm bell wakes a sleeping figure, and this figure sort of brushes hair out of their eyes, stands up, and we see their room filled with 
contraptions, small handmade clockwork gadgets, that sort of thing. And and this person brushes their hair back, splashes their face with water, throws on clothes, and pushes their way uh, out of their out of their small home and into the busy streets of Gizmodon. The gears and such of the town whir and click as the people move around, and this person who's only who's only just woken up uh, rushes off to the market. Um, for it is market day in Gizmodon, which is a very different proposition than it is in many other places. We see carts pulled by very simple kind of clockwork beasts. We see food stalls uh, held aloft by metal and mechanical devices and collapsible things you things you do to put cars up to change the tires. Jacks, that's mm-hmm. the one. And this is the apple because it's a food market, by the way. Just in case you were wondering, the 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 figure, our, our protagonist, uh, grabs an apple from a nearby cart, <laughs> takes a bite, and, and skips off into the into the into the crowds. And we see there, there's a within this crowd, there's a small um, there's a small group gathering outside the cold church of Meldus, and we see out the front, we see a figure dressed somewhat dressed differently to a lot of the other people here they're dressed in robes um kind of long flowing uh, multicolored garments and they are waving a wand about with with and, and performing uh magic tricks minor sort of acts of conjuration and prestidigitation this is the wand that we're doing here and they send a, a shower of sparks out over the crowd and everyone goes ooh ah and um and our figure our figure stops to stops to watch this you know they have some time and this performer this wizard performs performs a trick the, the flourish of their robe and says yes yes come one come all come watch my wonderful marvelous tricks now i will need a volunteer from the audience come please come with me um, come, someone, come. And, and, you know, a bunch of people put their hands up, start, oh, yeah, pick me, pick me. Um, and the, the, our protagonist is a little wary, but puts their hand up. And, and the, the magician says, you, you there, and, and, and points. And with a flick of their wrist, uh, the crowd parts as if by magic. And, uh, the figure that we're following is pulled forward in front and says, now, I am going to perform a very special trick on this individual eye and pulls a key from the from the key die it's the same so it's an old key with a with a ring on the bottom pulls and says i am going to open this door and taps it against the the cold church door and when our friend here walks through they will be somewhere else entirely and the whole crowd goes ooh and the magician does a big flourish slots the key into the door wiggles their fingers in front of the lock, uh, bolts of arcane electricity uh, in the shape of the traditional cartoon lightning bolt, as found on the story cube, uh, spark out from their fingertips, energizing the lock and the key, and they turn it and they push the door open, and with a billowing, flourishing gesture, push our protagonist through the door, and suddenly the protagonist is falling, through they they fall through clouds and as they as they break through the cloud layer they see the whole of the realm of the mortal flo- uh, folk 
spread out before them as if as if uh, on a map below them which is the the final the globe the final globe uh story cube and they fall and as they 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 they're terrified they're um they don't know where they are they don't know what's happening they're falling they think they're going to fall to their deaths and then as they fall they come to a stop an inch above the ground and then gently are deposited on the ground in a strange new land. Sammy, take us away. Okay. Okay, the dice roll are going to determine a lot here. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was kind of what I was going for. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. By determine a lot, I mean give me absolutely nothing. Just be, be really, just go fucking wild. Here we have four of these objects, I'm just going to say, are as vague and obtuse in this situation and self-evident as possible. So I have in order a magnifying glass. <laughs> Useful. The eight cardinal directions. Yeah, we get it. They're lost. We know yeah. this. <laughs> a magnet. Uh, a person whose shadow has turned into a demon. That one I can work with. A key. And least helpfully of all, a question mark. (laughs) This is... So basically what you're saying is the story cubes have just confirmed everything we already know. (laughs) And told me nothing new. Uh, Good luck, Sammy. Thanks, cubes. All right. Our figure looks around and shouts out, What the fuck? (laughs) That's the question mark. It's fair. (laughs) And they try to get their bearings on where they are. They are looking and looking around. Um, and the area that they're in is, it's a desert. They're completely lost. There's no, there's no notable landmarks. There's no signs of, of other life. It, it, it's, it's difficult. Uh, they don't know what direction to go. That's the eight cardinal directions. And it's it's hot. It's hot at first, um, but then as the sun starts falling, it gets very, very cold very, very quickly. And they're sort of walking in sort of one of the dips of a set of dunes. And they're walking alone when a long, long shadow is cast over them. That's the shadow. <laughs> and they spin around. And they can see the smallest figures at the top of a dune. They're so far away. They they can barely make them out. They don't know whether to run towards them or away from them. So they just stay in place. Uh, And the figures just keep on coming and coming and coming towards them. And as they come closer, one of them looks like a person, except they're made of metal. One of them looks like a child, except they're made of metal. And one of them is a big metal ball. A big metal ball that is familiar to our figure as an iron walker. Hey, do you like that continuity there? Yeah, Remember to say iron walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What in the heck? I, I've seen the iron walkers before, but I've never seen never seen one of those. Um, and the, the most human-like figure is holding some sort of, um, sort of rod towards the ground, um, and seems to be looking outwards, 
and they come closer and closer and the figure, not knowing what to do, doesn't sense any hostility and just stands still until the figure comes in range and shouts, Greetings, traveller! What is your purpose in this desert? Um, uh, it was a mistake. (laughs) Oh, well, uh, maybe, uh, that, that doesn't sound good. Uh, say you don't have any, uh, any juice, do ya? Oh no. Any, any juice? What? Uh, And then the little one pipes up, you know, the good stuff. Electricity. I know a lot about electricity, uh, but I don't have any on me. Why? Um, and at this point, the figures are starting to get closer and don't need to yell anymore. Well, uh, we, we constantly scour the desert looking for electricity. Uh, we use this, this metal detector to find it. We have to search the whole desert. And they hold up the rod that they're holding. I would like to tick off magnifying glass and magnet at this stage. Combo. Combo. Two one. <laughs> well, what? Hang on. But... I don't know what's going on. I just want to get home. Yeah. Well, if you find a way... Oh, where's your home? Uh, Gizmodan. Wow, what's that like? Um, it's this place. Uh, we got all sorts of, uh, machines and technology and... Oh my god, that sounds great! Do you think you could get us there? Uh, I don't know how to get me there right now. Ah. Hey, why did you come this way? Well, the metal detector's pointing right at you. Do you have any metal on you? Uh, not that I remember. I left all my gadgets at home. Uh, and they sort of pat themselves down. And then they pull out of their pocket the same key that was used by the magician. And there's a faint magical glow coming off of it. Ooh. That's the key. Yeah. And that's where I'll leave it. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. I'm just, I'm just glad I didn't ruin this one. <laughs> now that's your job is to ruin it. <laughs> okay, let's roll those dice. Well, great. Um, okay, we have... Um, so this is the problem. You always get the same ones. We have a footprint, a crescent moon, a D6... Or more commonly, the thing you think of when you when I say dice. That fucking key again. <laughs> <laughs> a plane. It is <laughs> a plane there. And a a person uh lifting a heavy weight hmm. and, and sweating and looking quite determined. So yeah, this 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 mystery key, which which is appropriately enough, the key to everything. And so so our our protagonist um takes out this key and says oh um well um i don't i mean i don't remember taking this but i i mean i must have done i well, look um i don't really know how we're supposed to i don't i don't know how to get i don't actually know where we are or what where home is from here but i'm i'm sure i mean i'm sure we can think of something and and the figures says yes. Um, well, why do, why don't we why don't we keep going and keep searching for electricity? And hopefully that will give you time to think. And so this this strange party walks off uh, through the desert. And this would be where we get the super cinematic shot 
like pull-ups showing the miles of desert <laughs> around them and the trail of footprints uh, from the footprints, from the footprints dice, footprints die even. And they walk for hours, on hours on end, and then occasionally they veer off in different directions to investigate potential sources of electricity. But it's it's an unfruitful day, and eventually they uh, they stop for the night. And the the our protagonist sort of lies back on the dunes and, and looks up at the at the moon in the sky. It might have already been night. Sammy might have said it was night, but. They went through the day and into another night. It's fine. <laughs> and so looks up at the... I think the moon is just always a crescent. I, think the, I, don't, I don't think the moon's a sphere in QD. I think it <laughs> Why would it be? A, there's no reason for, I think the moon is perpetually a crescent. It's just it that just factually is a crescent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's not, it's not like shadows. It's just a fucking crescent in the sky. Um, <laughs> the moon is like... Like it has little wings on the back that keep it up there, and <laughs> the moon is actually a, a creature. <laughs> the moon is alive. Don't tempt me. <laughs> so the, these three strange uh, travel companions all start to sort of burrow down into the sand a little bit, sit down, and start sort of preparing for the night of being powered down. And as our as our protagonist looks up at the moon. Um, this the crescent moon as it appears on the story cube suddenly jumps up and says, "Oh, oh, Meldus, I, I know, I, I have, I know what we're going to do. I have the solution." And everyone, and everyone turns and says, "Well, it's a, I mean, it's a theoretical idea. No one else agrees with me that this is a good idea. But I've been working on something theoretical, and I think, hopefully, with some help and some resource gathering, we." might be able to just come with me just come with me and they they grab the the sort of metal detector magnifying glass thing and start scouting around and and follows back down the trail to where earlier in the day uh, they had found a destroyed or several destroyed iron walkers and the person starts dragging and cutting bits out taking uh, parts examining them throwing over their shoulder and the three um denizens of this place skull scurry up and say um yes excuse me i don't mean to be rude but what what is your plan exactly and the person turns around and says okay i have this idea for a sort of flying machine type thing not not an airship exactly made made of metal and i know that i know it's i know it's weird but i think it can work and i think with this and sort of <laughs> taps the iron walkers i might be able to put together a prototype and where the three kind of look at each other well how can we help and so we get a a sort of training montage a montage of um you know lit pick of like dragging out bits of old broken up iron walker um of the now of the of the functional iron walker with the party tearing the sheets of metal, tearing the bodies open and turning the sheets of metal into a sort of almost like a boat type shape. The legs get attached to the side. The eye lasers are attached uh, various places pointing down. And... Oh, God. Um, sorry, no, I just had a really bad idea for how to incorporate one of the one of the symbols. Fantastic. 
And so we, and so eventually over the course of and, and this montage of things, and we see a, a, a fl- it's, it's not quite a flying boat, our protagonist explains. It's meant to sort of, I mean, in th- obviously this is just a prototype, but hopefully we can use the eye lasers to get us the momentum and height we need. And then we can use and uh, points to the Ironwalker legs, which have been fashioned into a makeshift uh, propeller. And then we can use this and this and we'll fly and it'll be great. And so they climb in and the controls are quite basic. There's just a, a, a stick coming out of it and a big red button. Because, okay, here's nothing. And slams the button and the clonk clonk eye late. No, the Iron Walker eye lasers ignite and blast and this boat skips up into the air and then it starts to fall. And the protagonist says, no, 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 oh, no, 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 we, we don't have, no, we don't have enough momentum. Um, oh, no. Uh, and starts hammering the, hammering the button again and the lasers start firing it, bouncing up, but just not getting enough. And then the, the functional Iron Walker in the in the boat tilts its whole body slightly to the side which does affect the the momentum and clambers out over onto the side grapples underneath bends two of its bot- the, its two bottom uh, legs and pushes down against the uh pushes down against the sand while also firing its eye lasers and that added momentum is enough to bring this rudimentary aeroplane up into the sky. I told you it was a stupid idea. Because <laughs> um, that's the the weightlifting, because that's essentially what the Iron Walker just did. Um, <laughs> I said it was bad. I did warn you. And then, so this this plane flies, glides up. Some of the, some clonk some Iron Walker parts have been fashioned into wings, which help it glide, and the, the leg propellers, which give it, uh, give it momentum. And they're soaring through the air, and then the person turns around and says, "Right, I just realised I don't know what I don't know where we're going." Oh, yeah, that was a flaw in the plan. Here, I have an idea, and pulls out from an inner pocket uh, a, a die and rolls it on the ground and looks at the result. And I'm just going to roll an actual physical die to make immersion. Immersion. Okay, that's a five. I'm going to go this way and tilts and goes off in the in the decided direction and flies off into the sunset with their new best friends and that's the story beautiful do they ever find home um i think they i i think they've found a new home here with their new friends in the sky wow amazing could these be the first sky pirates possibly i mean we've got you know current current crew i wouldn't really call sky pirates and these people I mean, makeshift vessel, no attachments. I, I don't know. I think they're on their way. Yeah. It's very exciting stuff. I love how the key, I, I love how I gave you the key to get them back. It's like, you know, you open a door with the key and then you can go back and you're just like, mm, but no. Aeroplanes, <laughs> <laughs> though. Well, I had to include the aeroplane somehow. Yeah. I also, um, I did consider taking us to Dinosaur Volcano Island, <laughs> but I decided against it for hashtag reasons. Is it just because you don't want to give me too much information about Dinosaur Volcano Island? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or needed to... No, what you do is you set it um, on Dinosaur, Vo- Dinosaur Volcano Island, but it's after we've been there. <laughs> so I can't ruin everything. 
It's a it's a flat fucking disc at that point because you'll have ruined it. Yeah, thank you very much, Scarlet. Oh, um, no. That was a lot of fun. Um, we got up to a lot of nonsense. Don't we always? Um, if people want to have their own fun, you can buy Rory Story Cubes with your money by Googling it and finding it <laughs> on Google. Um, or you can buy, like, there are other brands that are very similar and you might find one you like. We've been playing with, like, a little online generator, but we do own some physical ones. And, yeah, it's nice to have in case you ever want to let uh, little rocks dictate your actions even more than you already do. Okay, well, that's it for us today. Um, Scarlet, I know you're not going to say bye, so do you want to say your own goodbye now? Um, no. Bye!